Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is my heartbeat song and I'm gonna play it Been so long I forgot how to turn it up Up, 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 all night long Up, up, all night long You, where the hell did you come from? You're a different, different kind of fun Welcome to Flame On, the ongoing, continuing saga of us gays in Orlando, Florida. We have Oral. Hi, everybody. We have Jeff. How's it going, guys? Jared's here. Hi. Jared always brings the enthusiasm. And we got Pat. Hi, everybody. So, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Eric, of course, is not here. He's, I believe, working the, the coal mines or something, doing, doing stuff. Coal mines, corners. Yeah. Same difference. Uh, so we do want to jump right in. We got a, a little craziness this weekend we want to talk about. So we can get some shout outs and then we're going to jump right into some reviews. So let's talk about Texas Bear Roundup. Oh, you got it right this time. What did I call it before? I don't know. It was like International Bear Rendezvous, something like that. In the middle of it, I'm like, it says TBRU everywhere. Come on, get the letters right at least. I There's so many bear events. In my mind, it's a rodeo. I feel like you went to a gay rodeo. Where men just ride other men. Just chaps oh, and cowboy hats and that's pretty much the case. There were a lot, oh. was a lot of that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, this was in Dallas, Texas, brought to uh, us by the tech, the Dallas Bears. Is that Dallas the Bears. Dot org. Uh, and they are an amazing, uh, 501c3 nonprofit bear organization out of Dallas. They have been doing this for what, 20 years? Well, basically they operate this as a sort of a nonprofit entity. And all the money they raise, I think it goes right back into putting on this once a year event or goes to charities. And it was crazy. It was huge. It was in the Crown Royal Plaza over by the Love Field, which if you've ever been to Dallas and flown southwest, that's the airport you fly into. Uh, but it was actually spread out over that hotel and another hotel, the Renaissance. So there were like too many people for this one single hotel. Um, but they had the, you know, event spread out. We stayed behind the hotel and we had a lovely little walk. Back and forth every day. Uh, from your tent? 
from well, the alley? So yes, in Texas, you turn in trick? They're ranches in Texas. No. Uh, the Adobo Huts. No, it's just a little, uh, it was another little hotel behind there. But, uh, all this Adobo stuff. Adobo Huts? Adobo Huts. Adobo Huts, right? Yeah, like if you're cooking. <laughs> yes. And seasoning. Oh, fish it's the most sodium rich huts you've ever had. Wait, what's the, what's they, the, just, they chisel out houses out of huge blocks. You can also adobe. lick them. I'd use them for seasoning. They go oh. good on fish, on pork. What's the word? You mix for... it with Goya Sasson. I do. We do all I damn do. Time. What's the word for the ad- adobe? Adobe. Oh. They make a reader. Like Photoshop. And a Photoshop. Wow. Man, I, it is, I've been so accustomed now to adobo that that's just, yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, so it's lots of fun. I did not know what to expect. Pat's been what? Once previous, twice? Yeah, this was my second time going. And he had a great time when he went previously. I was a little scared because the only other bear events that I've been to are Bear Bust, which is, you know, our, our hometown bear event and, uh, uh, Beach Bear down in Fort Lauderdale. And Beach Bear about like completely ruined me for all bear events. I was just mortified and like I had such a terrible like personal space issue. You're mortified of a slight breeze. <laughs> well, it depends on where it's blowing, honey. It's just, well, I guess that's fair. So this event, however, uh, almost immediately when we got there, I think you were holding out on telling me this. We found out they had a game room. They had video games. They had board games. Uh, there was a bunch of geeky guys hanging out, running this thing. Uh, uh, pause for a second. Uh-huh. Listeners, if you could see Pat's face. <laughs> what? When Brian's like, he held off on telling me there was a boardroom and you could just see pursed lips. <laughs> just pursed lips. Mm-hmm. Staring straight mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, they had a fucking game room. <sighs> well, no, no, no. Oh, well, I don't know. For, uh, but- there was a part of me that almost felt like it was uh Disney's daycare center. <laughs> and I just wanted to take him up to the 20th floor, leave him there. What time do you guys close? All right, I'll be back to claim them then. I, I was well prepared at some points to say, look, I'm just going to go up to the game room and hang out. But we met some lovely people there, and you hung out for a, little, a while there. You played tops to bottom, top, top Listen, to bottom. I stayed. I yes, we gonna... know you had sex, but what did you do in the game room? <laughs> There's no sex in the game room? There's no sex. No, it's well. the one place where they, they keep it pure. Wow. <laughs> Chase. A whole lot less interesting Wii games. Um, no, but you know what I did play there? And I forgot this game even came out. Noah's Ark 3D on the NES? No, Super NES? Super NES? It was like the Doom engine, but you were Noah. I remember seeing yes! that game. And, with and a you're picking up shot. Your, yeah. And you're getting attacked by goats and you gotta collect fruit. It was very entertaining and I, I can't believe we never played this back when we were kids. We avoided religious games. I don't know how our mother would have, you would have thought just she could she could force us to not play games, but she sure as shit couldn't force us to play certain no, games. This game was awful. But anyway, uh Martin is the guy who I want to call out. Actually, Martin and Chris was another one. Uh, I call, a call out, out. not a call out. Oh, whatever. Calling out somebody is like that bitch fucked my husband. Well, I want to call and shut now. Um, but and Ollie, like these three guys and a few other volunteers ran the game room. They gave up their time to go hang out and socialize to, to do this. And they were super friendly and they're trying to build up this presence at TBRU as a, as another thing for people to do. And that's the cool thing is they had this game room. They had, you know, of course, bingo, uh, what a cards against humanity tournament. Well, the bingo was naughty bingo too, evidently. So if you won, and then we've heard conflicting stories on how this works. Apparently, but, uh, if you win, in order to claim your prize, you have to get naked. And then go up and get the prize. Now, we didn't stick around because we were like, oh, no. 
I thought uh, they might have frowned on the fact that I had a camera with a zoom lens on it. And I wasn't playing. So, I mean, I thought they may have been like, sir, you need to leave. Uh, participation was mandatory. They did say that. So, I, they, they had other activities. Of course, then they had a pool party going the whole time. I mean, really, it ran the gamut. Another big thing, and I, I meant to look them up ahead of time, and I didn't. Uh, there was a comic, uh, comic book shop. I think a local, like maybe 30 minutes away comic book shop there. So they had a little comic kiosk with, you know, graphic novels, mostly graphic novels and trade stuff. A few statues and all that. And they were selling those all weekend. And then they had two artists show up and do commissions on Saturday and Sunday. So, of course. Uh, of course you got a commission. I got a commission. I, I, I had to. Now. I felt obligated. So I had originally talked to Kevin Wada in New York about doing a hunky cable that was also semi-nude cable. Like classic 90s cable with the telekin- telekinesis still there with his techno-organic virus still in place. So the metal arm. And he's like, oh, that's hot. You're a sick fuck underneath what? this. What are you talking about? <laughs> a sick fuck. You're he's right there with me. Right. I don't want to hear it. You're right there with me. But, uh, so I, I basically, I might still have to do that, but I had these guys do it. And, um, we didn't specify a whole lot else. So we go to pick it up on Sunday. And evidently Nathan, Ascani's son, has a very large penis. They were super awesome. That's a super large penis. It, it is. And you know, his, his pubic hair kind of looks like a phoenix. Little thing going. It's kind of only Eric was Phoenixy. I know. Well, Eric would approve of that as well. I think, even if it is his sort of fire crotch half son. But um, well, Gene is a redhead. I mean, I guess he had to make it match because he gave him ample armpit hair as well. Oh God, yeah, like overflowing armpit hair. A little little too much for my taste. But the comic book people uh, were from Collected Comics and Games. Uh, they're in Fort Worth, Hearst, Plano, and Fort Worth. Well, two off, two places in Fort Worth. And the artists, uh, were called Chub Tunes. And they're actually, you know, it's, uh, two partners and they're actually like penciling and inking each other's stuff and they're working on a comic book. So hopefully in the future we'll, we'll share that, uh, again. But yeah, I, I will try to make a tasteful edited version of the cable thing to post up on our website. That'll never happen. Maybe a, with some blurridge. Do we have a penis shaped flame on logo? I, I probably, <laughs> no, I could probably do that. Uh, our friends that Pat's dealt with before from Bearskin, that's B-E-A-R-S-K-N, uh, where they're vending, uh, underwear. Bearskin.com. And they are super awesome, uh, Bjorn and, and Jody. Bearskin was, they were really nice. Talked to Jody, uh, and, uh, and Bjorn, and Bjorn might even check the show out. Uh, of course, we're talking to the, the geeks there, and they'd be talking about Flame On, Comic Book Bears, and all that. And, you know, I mean, I, I felt far, more at home talking to those kind of bears and then on top of that there were so many guys with geeky t-shirts on just everywhere and uh you know i felt like there's a potential there in the future for more of that sort of geeky activity amidst all the you know everybody's groping each other everybody's you know checking each other's out you know all that the underwear auction you know all that's great and fun please tell me it was brand new underwear Yes, they were actually. Oh, thank God! They were actually well, wearing two pair of underwear see, for this auction. Yeah, that's oh. different than normal auctions. I thought normal auctions they're wearing the underwear and then you just take it off. Wait a and... minute, back up. This is a thing. Yeah. Underwear yeah. auctions are a thing. Sure, underwear auctions, Ew. jock auctions. Yeah, Bearbus. I brought back the jock auction of Bearbus this past year. This is news to me. Well, at the, at the Bear Bus one, do they wear a pair under that or no? No. Well, this is the thing. This is the the reason behind that. If you have 
a room or someplace that is not public that you can take off the underwear or jock or whatever, then you just wear the one pair. This was done in the ballroom of the Crown Plaza, and you were the person who won was taking the underwear off of the contestant right there next to the stage. They couldn't just be naked. Which I don't understand because I, naughty bingo, they could. I don't understand it. I maybe if it's there's for certain things, and because of the fact that you're consenting by participating in bingo, yeah, there's got to be some reason to it. But that's you have to have. I'm a, sorry, I I just don't understand. I I get the mechanics. Yeah, I don't understand the why. Well, what do you mean? What? Okay, so people like you have an auction where people. Bid to take your underwear off and yes. keep it. They now own those underwear. And if you, in a situation like this where you have a second pair on underneath because you have to have something on under, doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be like, you know, a pair of boxers that are loose and flowing underneath it. There was one gentleman who had a thong-ish type of, yeah, we'll just leave that be as it is. Um, but you got to take the underwear off in the style that you chose. So there was ample groping and making yeah. out in the process as well, which mm. sad for some of the contestants. But, you yeah. know, it happens. And then the money goes to charity. So yeah. it's they it raised over 2600 or something like that, I think. Just from that. Yeah, so probably somewhere. They had a lot, a lot of our, our friend Kevin, who's Mr. Bearbust, was also there. Uh, doing, and he was auctioned, uh, he raised over a hundred dollars, I think. Uh, okay. I don't remember who went for the most, like, I think it was the most like 300 or something. But anyway, the, it was something people liked, and they had a good time. It took, it went a little long. I was a little bored after a while. Oh my god, it went forever. I, and I was, the guys that run TBRU do a great job. This, however, really should have been streamlined because the ballroom at the Crown Plaza gets super fucking hot when ooh. you have that many people in there. Yeah. And all they have are fucking JLo. JLo fans around the room, like those fucking ones that look like air blowers. Mm. <laughs> There's like ten of them on the sides of the rooms, but those only do so much for that one area, and it's a giant ballroom. It's and like a flame on podcast at the end well, of it, it's just like, oh god, yeah. it's so hot. Pat got to be a judge for Mr. TBRU. I finally got to judge people and professionally, <laughs> professionally, oh, okay. and be rewarded for it, which included my reward included two adult educational films. As they say in Texas. Oh, okay. So you evidently cannot say the word fuck on a mic in a public space in Texas. Can we blame that on Bush? I, I would. I'd be screwed. Oh, I Looks know. like I'm just flying over Texas. I, I, oh. We blame a lot of things on Bush in this room. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, so it was fun. I mean, overall, a great time. Got to meet some good people. Uh, you know, I mean, it was good, right? You had a good time. <laughs> I was like, right? It was good. Like he, like it's Stockholm syndrome that kicked in. He was like, I had a great time. Uh, no, it was fun. It was a little different. And I think part of that is because it's gotten so big. They had about 1700 registered, uh, participants for the event. The host hotel sold out in 17 minutes. Um, they had to add the Renaissance as the second host hotel, which isn't so great it's it's great because there's extra room they're pretty far apart but they're pretty far apart they have great transportation they have got shuttles that will take you to every fucking place giant that is involved. buses that just go round the clock yep and they're from like 10 a.m until three something in the morning they've got shuttles going non-stop 
but having certain events a lot of events went on at the same time so you're not ever going to get to go to everything Hmm. you pick you look at the event schedule and go well i want to do this and you go for it and then you go okay well i'm not going to see this this or this but there were things that i wanted to do that overlapped even if it was an hour apart but at two different hotels Hmm. so you can't like bear family uh, bear family feud was at 1 p.m and then naughty bingo was at two so they're in two separate hotels you have to basically figure out what you're going to do. Pool party seemed a little hurt by the it's fact that it was in It's an indoor pool, and it was evidently the heater wasn't working. Yeah. At least at the one we were at. So I do want to make a shout out, a shout out to Rodolfo, one of our listeners, one of our longtime listeners who is in Dallas and who came out and met us at the hidden door uh, event they call church on Sunday afternoon. And so we got to talk to him uh, and met one of his friends. It, it, now, is is all of this talk about how it's a good environment? There's a lot of gay geeky. Are you trying to suggest that Flamon should make an actual appearance? Well, I, I've already talked to the comic book bears guys because you know they're bears, and there is certainly potential for both and or well, some one of the shows to do something. I don't know. Okay, uh, I went to them first because they're comic book bears, uh, and I'm on it, so you know. And he also only brought a comic book bears t-shirt to the event. Well, and if I had thought that it would have been more geeky, like I thought I would catch some attention. And, I, and by the way, when I wear these shirts, nobody's coming up to me. In fact, no one even said, oh, that's a cool shirt. The most I got was, hey, I like your glasses. And somebody rubbed my stomach once, I think. That was, that was the extent of the attention. But I am like the most shy person in the world at these kind that of events. That happens at bear events, Oral. It, it that's does. how we say hello. Oh, wait, well, hang on. Hang I on. think blowjobs are hilarious. I call a crock of shit on that comment. He thinks he's the most shy person in the world at these events. No, bear events. Oh, at bear-specific events? Yeah, at comic book convention, I'm far more in my element. I'm a far less shy, although still, I'm not the most... Pretty gregarious. There are underwear auctions, and people are rubbing your stomach. I'm out! (laughs) Why don't you... Why does does a person rubbing my stomach offend you? What's going on? It doesn't offend me. It Uh just irks me out. (laughs) Oh, well. Dick in my mouth. Won't even bat an eyelash, but people just rubbing my stomach or no. And then giving you their, their used underwear? <laughs> well, it's only if you, if you bid on it. Yeah. N- nobody's gonna That's randomly right. run up to you and just take their underwear off and put it on. You're like, giving good money for that. But anyway, so it was a lot of fun. So maybe in the future. Well, we're doing the travel thing. We did have another exciting adventure for one of our, our flamers. I guess everybody's looking at me now. No okay. pressure. Okay. No, no pressure. Um, okay, well. GDC was pretty awesome. Um, now, GDC, what does that stand for? stands for Game Developers Conference. Stayed at the lovely Moscone Center in San Francisco. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, this was my second trip to San Francisco. My first was for GamerX. As featured on Looking. As featured on Looking. Fantastic. There's press releases and everything. <laughs> Speaking of looking, the one thing we forgot to mention is that Daniel Franzese, who is on looking, is Eddie Bear, and he was in Mean Girls, and did that fabulous Sam Smith parody, uh-huh. was there, got to bullshit with him for like 20, 25 minutes, and this is a back selfie in, this with is, him. This is back in Texas. At te- yeah, in Texas. I didn't go to San Francisco. <laughs> I wasn't invited, Jared. It's okay, Pat. I wasn't invited either. <laughs> So what happened at GDC? Well, I uh, I was pretty much a, a booth babe for uh, the Florida Interactive Entertainment Academy, and I put that in air quotes, by the way. Um, 
was pretty much just me walking around, checking out all the vendors. I didn't really uh, participate in any, anything in particular, but uh, you know, Epic was there, uh, Unity, Oculus, all the uh, the big um, hardware developers. Um, outside of GDC, I got to hang out with industry friends and both old and new, and uh, I was. I felt a little, a little proud. I turned a lot of heads when I was in San Francisco. So oh, nice. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, now, were there any gay events at the GDC? I did go to one. It was the uh, Gay Game Developers uh, Party over at the Stud Bar. It was Matt. Was our friend Matt Conn? Yes, he was there. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it was put on by both the GamerX folks and the good people at Riot, um, which uh, Carl now works at. <clears throat> Uh, so that was uh, that was fun. They uh, for the first couple people that attended, you got free drink vouchers and uh, they had free pizza there. But you know, of course, hundreds of people showed up and it got pretty cramped in there. And my sister teased me saying that that was a leather bar that I was going to. But uh, thankfully, uh, I was mostly uh, game industry professionals there and not. Uh, you know. <laughs> what do you mean thankfully? You would be fine at a leather bar. Oh, I don't know about that. No. <laughs> We went to the Dallas Eagle as well. Bessel Leather Bar. They actually had Doctor Who illustrations in the bathroom. And in fact, I think I shared at least one of them on Facebook. I'm not sure. Or maybe Tumblr. Like professionally done or well, somebody got bored in the no, bathroom? No, it's like you go to a comic shop and you go in the ba- the old bathroom before they changed it and they had Set all the old one on fire? And that's the only way you could clean it. Mm-hmm. Trying to burn out the demons. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, well, I'm glad you went. I, and GDC is something I've always wanted to go to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being in the simulation industry, we I'm don't quite. Sure, I'm sure you can get into it because uh, I've got a friend who works for Northrop Grumman. Oh, and they. He showed up. Yeah, so. it's just getting somebody to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is pretty pricey. Uh, but uh, I'm glad you went. So now, none of no one else will go on a trip. We're all, we're all done traveling. We did good. Travel. All right. We should talk about a few movies. Not much. I saw, well, Pat and I saw Kingsman. I need to see it. I heard it was good. It was on my list. I got drunk and didn't make it to the theater. This was not a movie I originally intended to see. In fact, I only read the first issue, uh, Secret Service by Mark Miller and uh, artist names escape me. Uh, oh, was it lineal? It was made of lineal you. But the premise itself, I, I just wasn't that excited about. It. I was like, well, it's going to be kind of a James Bond, but young, like, you know, brash uh, chav in the James Bond world. I was like, ah, that's okay, whatever. When I saw that Colin Firth was the main, like, James Bond type, that got me very excited, because I have always thought he would be a pretty good classic Bond. Not so much a Daniel uh, Daniel Craig kind of thing. But. I don't know, when I see Colin Firth, I never think action movie. Well, no, but you can just imagine that stiff upper lip, British, just very... I'd say he'd be a good M. Well, sure. Well, they got, what's his name, uh, uh, Rafe Fiennes now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, but here's the thing. It's, uh, uh, God, what's the guy who directed, uh, X-Men First Class, uh, Vaughn? Oh, yeah, Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn directed. And he always, every movie I've seen of his is very, I mean, from Layer Cake on has been just a gorgeous movie, beautifully, if not hilariously shot. Lots, he likes a good visual humor. This is the movie that he decided not to come back for that ex, the Days of Future Past. I did not he know wanted that. to do this instead. Well, I'm glad he did. The story is great. It's, it takes turns that you don't think it's going to take, 
And it basically is a send up, sort of a, a, a scream for the James Bond spy genre. And it's not just James Bond. They reference the, the Avengers, classic, you know, Avengers. Man from the Uncle. High kicking. Yep. Yeah. Um, a couple other references to throwaway stuff. The villain is Samuel Jackson. And he plays it with a Mike Tyson sort of brogue, very just a lisp. A lisp. Say, how do you call it a brogue? Not a well, you know what I meant. <laughs> I, I didn't want to call. It's deep Irish. Yes, it's a deep, <laughs> deep lispy Irish brogue. He starts be talking. Amazing. I'm like, holy fuck, it's Mike Tyson. All he was missing was the face tattoo. But he's also self-aware of the fact that he is a supervillain from a spy film, and so he they they that's where the scream comparison comes in. It's sort of a self-aware but not obnoxiously so. Um. Michael Caine is in it, who, by the way, just turned 82. Wow. I had no idea he was that old. I mean, he looks great, given that he's that old. Um, he and Shatner must be, like, doing some hardcore unicorn blood or something, because they are Well, and even kicking. after Michael Caine dies, you'll have the guys from that movie, The Trip, oh. who will continue the Michael Caine oh. voice long after he's passed. If you have never seen the movie, is, is it The Trip? Is that it? The Trip, and then there's The Trip to Italy, or the... Uh, they get another one? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, my God. They do like what is it like probably like a seven minute back and forth on the best way to impersonate Michael Caine. It is fantastic. Oh my god, uh, Stephen McCoogan is one of the guys, and, and I can't remember the other. Yeah, guy. the other guy. But anyway, so Kingsman's really fun. There's also sort of a moment about three quarters of the way through where things just get ridiculous, almost Doctor Strange Lovian. It's a little cartoony in a As way. Pat shakes his head. A little cartoony. Okay, it's very cartoony in the effects, but it's meant to be ridiculous but hilarious. I'll put it this way. It is set to 1812, the 1812 Overture with, you know, the cannons and all that. But the cannons going off are not cannons. We'll, we'll tell you this because it's not, it's not much of a spoiler. Heads explode. Heads literally oh, okay. in and a puff of smoke. Puff of smoke. And then, and then it turns into fireworks. Like, they, they put the graphic overlay of, like, fireworks, and it's just... It's set to 1812, which always makes me laugh. I love it. Um, and the ending has a very Roger Moore, James Bondian sort of ending where, mm. you know, you, you, the sexy time, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. We all know. If, you, if you're a James Bond fan, you know what I'm talking about. Very much in that Roger Moore era, but a little bit in some of the other ones. Uh, well, I'm sure Sean Connery had a share of that. Everybody Sean, did. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's I don't remember the if the Craig ones do that as much. No, usually, more... usually he's just pulling their corpse out of the ground. <laughs> he's just depressed because somebody he loved just died. Pretty much. I he mean, doesn't get to do it in the asshole. <laughs> we don't so, know that for sure. So, so this movie is made, the comic book's by Mark Miller, so you can totally expect certain tone from that. But actually, overall, I think the message is really good, and the whole the whole experience was just very fun. Did it is it doing well in the theater? I I think so because it's like one of those now word of mouth things. Mm-hmm. The more people who go see it, tell other people. Because again, I wasn't going to even go, and then um, Cap from Nerdy Show, and our Eric, he's been on the show here, both just rave reviews, and you know both of them are pretty good bellwethers, I think, for the kind of stuff I like. So I was like, all right, cool, and I'm glad I went. So if you can go see it, you got to go see it. Definitely worth checking out. Now, we should mention Lady Gaga because it has been after the Academy Awards, and I know Pat and I at least have seen it. Did you guys watch? I watched the Academy Awards. I did, did not we see. Movies? Well, that's part of the movie thing. There's another movie too, but I wanted to mention this before I forgot. Did we not? Were you guys impressed? I mean, I, I didn't see the Sound of Music show. I heard it was amazing. It. She was good. She was good. You know the the problem that I sometimes see is that was she great? No. Really? 
Well, she, well, it's not that she wasn't great. It's just everyone automatically assumes that, you know, Julie Andrews can only do Sound of Music, which we all know isn't true. Right. But, like, Lady Gaga doesn't have that, that, like, aria clarity that Julie Andrews had. And so when she's doing the, the Sound of Music, it was good. I think she did a really good job. Is it one of my favorite renditions? No. Wow. Does it beat but, Carrie Underwood? Yeah. See, see, here's the thing. I, I mean, I, I have only seen a handful of Sound of Musics other than, of course, Julie Andrews. So, I mean, you know, interpretation wise, a lot of them just ape Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. But what I thought Lady Gaga did, and, and I know, what's her name? Jamada? I forgot her first name. Stephanie, Stephanie. Jeremiah. I have seen her videos when she was playing piano bars back, way back before she was Lady Gaga. I know she can sing. And, and I know she's just a damn good musician because I've, you know, seen enough live stuff and, and just follow her over the years. So I didn't, ex- I wasn't like surprised that she did well. I'm surprised at how gorgeous I thought the rendition was. Is it Julie Andrews? No, but it's not meant to be. And in fact, I think it stands up there with Julie Andrews, even though it was a medley, even though it was live and not on Memorex, whatever. But just the, the, the approach she brought was so nice. And like refreshing and and not so out there. It wasn't like a a pop rendition. I don't think. I felt like it really was her best attempt at doing like a proper vocal performance. Of yeah, it. no, I didn't say that. I didn't. But like I mean, it. some people would they would think she was going to do. Oh, something she got trash. Well, now let's talk about what Stephen Sondheim said. Oh, I didn't hear what Sondheim said. Oh, oh. I did not see this. Oh, today Sondheim, through the mud. Sondheim, what he called it a travesty. He said it was a travesty. This is the only thing that I didn't, I, I don't think people are taking from it is that he didn't say she did a bad job. He said that he was impressed at her take on it from the fact of not really knowing what her skill set is aside from just her regular pop music and that it was fine in that respect, but it wasn't, she had no connection to the, to the words and the the feel behind it, so oh, he did the Harry Connick Jr. defense on American Idol. The every time that somebody puts in a good performance, but they're singing like a, a blues song about a, a great lost love, and the kid's like eighteen years old. It's like I don't believe that you understand the meaning behind the lyrics. But Sondheim also allowed his really subversive musical Into the Woods and Sweeney Todd to be Disneyfied. So I love Stephen Sondheim. He's my favorite musical composer of all time but but i don't necessarily agree with his creative choices sometimes either in the same in the same vein as that when he gave meryl streep her copy of her music you know what he put on it no don't fuck it up oh so it's not the first time he's a rupaul fan (laughs) i i too i i love sondheim like he's great and he he kind of like encapsulates that 70s 80s you know broadway was still doing really well before it tanked in the 90s. Yeah. Or we had to listen to Cats for like 20 fucking years. <laughs> Cats is garbage. You mean before Weber, basically yeah. before Weber. Yeah. And um like he's not the nicest person. No, no, no. He's not. He's a total bitch. But again, he I guess if he's cre- questioning the creative choices that went into her performance, I would go back to him and say, "Why did you just sell out to Disney and let them totally not ruin uh, the movies, because I, I do enjoy Sweeney Todd's movie. I have not seen Into the Woods yet. I have the soundtrack, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. But 
I've heard from numerous Sondheim fans that they did screw up some parts of the movie and it, or the musical and made it less edgy. And again, it's Disney. Of course it's going to be less edgy, but I, I don't know. I guess I'm just defensive of, of Gaga because I really respect her as a songwriter, as a musician, and I think she brought it. I think she really did. So. So what's the second movie? Well, I have down The Giver. Because uh, I actually finally uh, got around to who, watching. I totally forgot that that came and went in theaters. Would you like to borrow it? Do I have to? No. But did you read the book? Yes, I did. I think, and this is really a shame, this suffered from what happened with other favorite books of mine. Uh, Golden Compass. I thought they did a great job on the movie. Didn't do well. And uh, uh, uh Unfortunate Events, series of Lemony Snicket's uh, movie, the first three books. I love the movie, and I love the books, and I thought they did a great job, but it didn't do well. So Same marketing? thing happened. What's that? So I, basically all marketing? You can't blame marketing, though, because it was all over. Here's what happened with The Giver, I think. The Giver was one of the first of the dystopian young adult books, really. Before Hunger Games, uh, before Maze Runner. I've got a blanket that's before Hunger Games. You can't use that but as I'm an example. What I'm saying is it set the template, I think, for a lot of these books, because it was young adult. It was written in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And it really was like a young adult science fiction book, speculative fiction. Yeah. And I think the movie did an excellent job of translating. Yes, at the end, they get a little high tech and they do a little, you know, chase and there's a chase with the baby with the. Yes. Okay. It's a little drama, but you have to punch up a little bit at the end because otherwise it is kind of like collapsing like a flan in a cupboard. It's very just kind of, oh, you know, it just it doesn't it doesn't sustain. Yeah. The, the books are great, but if you're looking for the payoff, it's not coming. Uh, but I loved it. I really did. Uh, Jeff Bridges played a great, you could tell like how torn he was about what he was doing, but yet how subversive he was trying to be without being obvious, like that whole element. The kid was, well, whatever. I mean, he's sort of a cipher, whatever. Uh, the guy who played the Joker on Gotham, well, mm-hmm. who we think might be the Joker. He's Are we in talking? It. Which, talk- which one? The redhead? Yes. Oh my god, you didn't tell me he was like, give me this movie now, I love him! Yeah, he's in it. He Wait, plays a friend. Which Red Hood? The not, first not one? Not the Red, no, 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 not the Red You mean hood. the one from yeah, the, the Carnival? The, yeah, 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 yeah. Who, I mean, who knows. But, uh, yeah, he plays a big part in it. Uh, the chick's familiar, and I can't think of who it is, but, um, yeah, I liked it. Oh, and Glenn Close. I mean, she's whatever. She's Glenn Close. Um, what other movies? Were there any other movies? You, I saw Big Hero Six. I enjoyed that a lot. It was a, it's a good family film. It's it's got a little bit of darkness in in the setup that's usually you know pretty good, but it's it was a good kid friendly action movie. Jared, I actually saw something that's relevant. What did you see? Yes, I went to go see Chappie. <gasps> I want to see it. I love Blumkamp movies. Mm-hmm. I really really do. So uh, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. Um, I but, can understand why some people didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it's not um, getting. Solid good reviews. Chappie is probably the most robust uh, character in that whole lineup uh, for the movie. Everyone else is pretty much just these two-dimensional character cutouts. Like yeah. Hugh Jackman plays this, um, you know, megalomaniac, uh, jilted uh, army developer. Um, Sigourney Weaver is the I don't care about anything else except profit CEO. Uh, and um, Dev Patel plays Fisher Stevens. Yeah. Fisher Stevens? You know, from Short Circuit. It's not the same movie. Because <gasps> oh. it's the same movie. Yeah. Well, what, how was Die Antwords people in this movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, the, uh. Freaky albino chick. Yeah. And the guy. And Ninja? Ninja. 
I, as obnoxious as Ninja's character was, I, I enjoyed him. You know, he, he turns around later in the yeah. film, but, uh, <laughs> they're all pretty obnoxious. Now, have you seen his other films? You've, like, District, uh, I've seen seven? District 9. District, District 9. 9. And then Elysium? I did not see Elysium. See, Elysium, a lot of people had issues with because the characters were a little sort of on the nose. Mm-hmm. Elysium was really, compared to District 9, Elysium was just kind of bland. Yeah, and it was a little heavy handed with the social message, and I wondered if Chappie was similar. Um, yeah, no. I, I would have to see Elysium. Well, but I mean, in terms of like District 9 had that sort of message of, mm-hmm. because they had all the slum towns and mm-hmm. look what happens when there's like two different classes. Look what happens when you leave white people in charge. Yep. Yeah, pretty nice. much. Yeah. Uh, but Blomkamp has said though, after Chappie, that's his last of this set of three movies he's done that are going to feature in Johannesburg. He's doing, he wants to go on to do other things. Well, that's good. Although Elysium is set in LA, but right, filmed but in Johannesburg. I it think. still has that yeah. Johannesburg slum. Slum town. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm very excited. I really, I do love his films. And the news is he may be signing on to do an alien film. Yeah. Oh, which, no. I thought, I thought they did give him I, the I, green light. Pretty sure After they did. his, his little, uh, sketches started showing up. Which his... is kind of hilarious that that's all it takes, but he is also demonstrated his, his directorial abilities. The sketches look awesome. And basically, if, if it is, belie- if what is believed to be true is true, they are ditching Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. They've gone. We're sidestepping. They've, yeah. Well, they, he said, Initially, there was that the news reports saying they were going to do that, and then he, I think, came out and said he's not turning his back on any of the Alien movies. It's just his events for his film are going to try to take off after Alien Two. Yeah. So, however they work that, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much Alien Aliens into Alien Three. It, there's not. I don't know how you do that. It's like going from one Doctor Who episode well, where they show them in the TARDIS doing one thing, and then they immediately do the next in the next episode. Well, the trick is, how do you do it with Sigourney Weaver because right. she goes into cryo sleep at the end of one and wakes up at the end of the ne- at the beginning of the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I Unless don't it's know. like we're gonna erase your memory and put you back into cryo sleep. Yeah, it seems weird. But continuity. Um, we should move on to television. There are a lot of shows capturing our attention. Uh, I was told uh, we're not all caught up on RuPaul. I I am not caught up on RuPaul, and by not caught up, I have not watched this season yet. I was going to say, there's only two episodes. I know, girl. Things, well, things got out of hand. We did have a lovely Flame On episode, if you missed it, with Ginger Minj, mm-hmm. who was, and I didn't, I was only here at the very end, sort of in the background. It was a very entertaining episode. That Dragon's New Spandex had me in stitches. It was a great episode, stitches. and it is our most listened to episode of all time. Ooh. Yep. So I'm very happy that it was well received. Ginger was amazing. I would have her on again in a heartbeat. I will tell you this without spoiling who gets kicked off. She is doing very well on the show so Good. far. She has not been kicked off. In fact, none of the characters, none of the ones I've really attached myself to thus far have been. There was a close call last week with one of them, but, um, but Ginger is asserting herself. She is very witty. And, you know, we knew this, of course, having interviewed her, but, uh, the only thing that's weird about the show, there's two things. One, they got rid of Untucked as a series, as like a show. It's a web series now, and evidently the budget's been slashed. Hmm. Like, it's just sort of backstage. It never had a budget. Well, it's Girls, less of what they had. Set. Yeah, they don't oh, have a set. Yeah. Now it's no more, while you untuck in the Interior Illusions Lounge, it's while you untuck backstage. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's they a little go, low rent. They go backstage. There is a, a handmade bar. Like, okay. two by four is made into a bar. Okay. There's one L-shaped couch and like four ottomans. Okay. Yeah. So it's really uncomfortable now when they get down to like eight people. 
Oh, it'll be fine because it'll all fit on the the seating. Well, because they there. had the two lounges at one point, right? They were, yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the Tyrion Illusions and the Gold Bar. The Gold Bar. So or the big pink furry box. No more big pink furry box. That's unfortunate. Now, what the other thing is, they're doing new challenges. They're doing so it is totally a different. So far, they're not regurgitating their old stuff as much. Um, and they are also bringing, in, at least in one case, they brought in a queen from a prior season as as a part of the of the show. And it was really funny. I don't want to spoil who or what. Okay. But it's in the first episode. It's great. You, if you if you watch the the teaser trailer, you saw her sitting there mm-hmm. with her little bob haircut, you yeah. know, wig. Perfect though. It was awesome. It's well, it's not it's not necessarily that they've redone all their challenges. They've expounded upon them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just jump off of this platform into a thing of foam blocks while Mike Ruiz takes a picture of you. Jump into this tub of water and try to stay under <laughs> while he takes a picture of you. They're, um, they're they're doing much they're doing I think more over the top. They're not calling the maxi challenges. <laughs> with wings. Mm-hmm. Oh and there is no girl you got shemale. I know. Ooh. I mean we didn't you know. We didn't know how they were gonna approach it, and it's just it's just gone. Now they do have a little RuPaul clip. Now now it goes. Ooh, girl, she already done had herses. <laughs> I can deal with that. I can deal with that. I do wonder though. I mean, the show is doing very well, I think overall. But I do wonder if some production changes have required them to cut back. And or is this sort of a portent for the show as maybe not doing as well? Maybe this, I, I don't know. I, I don't wouldn't know. say that. I'm just, I, look, Logo has been able to afford many, many a new show. Golden Girls, the, you know, like straight talk or whatever, that like the straight edge or whatever, the one gay guy and the one straight guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they put on a couple new shows and who's that to? Mama Ruth. It's true. Now they are bringing the new Russell Davies, uh, you know, the guy from Queer's Folk and Doctor Who. They're bringing on Banana and Cucumber, his two new BBC shows. Mm. They're going to bring those on in like April, I think. So they did like a preview of it and it looked great. I'm very excited. I love Queer's Folk, the British version, especially. And of course. Oh, when the, the car just magically transports them to America? <laughs> that one? <laughs> that standing you like. I like the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so that's been fun. Uh, we finished up Agent Carter, I think, since last oh, week. By the way, if you are in Orlando, don't forget you can watch the new episodes of Drag Race in the Bear Den with us from 9 to 10, right before we kick off Orlando Game Night. And where is that? At the Bear Den, at the Parliament House, 410 North Orange Blossom Trail, Orlando, Florida, 32805. It's where I'm going after this. And um, tonight we're giving away Ollie Merz's CD and Kelly Clarkson's new CD. Next week we've got um, a new artist, Zara Larson. And the following week, which is March 30th, we're giving away copies of the Blu-ray edition of Into the Woods. And we have a brand new, um, it's a 2015 artist to watch from Europe called Years, Years and Years is the group. So we're giving away their, their debut album on the 30th. Thank you, DJ Brianna. <laughs> um, did we finish up Agent Carter? I think last we talked, did you guys finish it? You're watching. I haven't it? finished it. Uh, do you watch it? Yeah, I finished it. I'm behind. On did it you kind of feel though. though it was underwhelming? Yeah. I mean, I, that was their, if that end of that miniseries was their big payoff connection. Like, nah. 
Okay. Yeah, I didn't even I make guess. the connection that it's Dr. Faustus because I don't remember that. Well, I don't even that. Like, show, uh, what's his name? Arnim Zola showing up at the end. Well, right. But I guess uh, the Brubaker Captain America stuff. Right, yeah. Had that... both Arnim uh, Zola and Dr. Faustus together. Yeah. So I was a little like, oh, hmm. um, But yeah, it was just kind of okay. They it's... they haven't said if it's coming back or not. They, yeah. they haven't decided, evidently. But it is quite possible they said it did okay they said uh the showrunners after the, the miniseries wrapped i guess they were saying yeah abc really plays all their their renewals close to the vest until like the last possible second i think that it has marvel behind it is it's quite possible they will do it again i would even enjoy i mean i know it would be more expensive but if they took a different story every well, miniseries well that's kind of what we thought they might do we're like well a nine episode thing you're just kind of dipping your toe in for each story but yeah uh, the showrunners seem to want to keep it going, and they've said that it's quite possible they would jump forward in time. So they're not going to stick to, and here's what happened next. It's, let's show Peggy Carter's life in chunks. Right. And was- the one thing I will say is she is going to be in Age of Ultron. That's interesting. But, so, I mean, it'll be like a flashback, I would assume. Well, but that could also then, the end of the series may not have connected all the dots or may have left some, some uh, stuff true. open well yeah but that could be where because they're gonna uh we pretty much kind of piece together from the trailers that they're gonna flash back to natasha's black widow training which was brought up yes. in agent uh agent carter so there may be some of those connections that maybe tie up those loose ends so that way if they don't do a second season of or you know that connects from that it may tie into age of ultron and finish up all of that for us yeah yeah. Um, have I'm you guys? Gonna, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, have you guys seen the new episodes of Shield since it came I back? I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're caught up. Um, <laughs> the first one they brought back, they were like, "What was it, Fitz? You're so almost inhuman. That heart rate is inhuman." I was like, "Okay, come on, stop it." Now, the second episode was Sif and the the Cree. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. It was a it was a nice way to kind of give the exposition of. Oh yeah, the Cree, they did this thing and da 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 da. And it's the first time they've shown a Cree that wasn't Ronan. That's true. And he's got a little hammer. Yeah. I love it. He has a tiny little hammer. It's kind of lame. But it was funny. It was actually, they, they played it for a little bit of humor. Not, not that he has a small hammer. What? What? Let's hear it. Every time I hear somebody who watches Shield, are you watching Shield? You know, you should be watching Shield. It's so good. Eh. But that synopsis you gave me put me to bed. So if I ever have insomnia, like I don't play like melodies or white noise, I'll just put on Agents of Shield. The Knock deal, me right out. The deal is, it is the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way that no comic book would probably ever do. Although they're trying now with the new Shield comic, it explores characters that are likable and are going through their own journeys. You know, they have great moments of those characters getting together, falling apart. I mean, it's it's. It's good for a network television show, and it ties into the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. So I, I'm committed to well, the journey. Honestly, and honestly, the only way I got past the hump of trying to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. is I went in going, okay, I am not going in expecting it to be some kind of necessary connective tendons between the movies. Like, I'm going to treat no. this like it's its own show, and it didn't, it didn't let me down. I treated it like it was its own show, and I wanted to slip my own wrist. Well, but again, you went... You started at the beginning, and the beginning was really rough. Honestly, it well, was. how many and how many episodes did you did you put in? I made it to the episode where that guy uh, with the flame powers. Yeah, that's yeah. And I can the, see where you'd quit. And there. then um, I came back for the Sith episode, 
but then i got really bored again halfway through it yeah so i just gave up entirely when you give me as guardians and i still don't give a fuck like no 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 you're getting sith though it's you know i mean i like sith but they are i'm curious to see what they do with daisy or uh sky or whatever the hell they're calling her because i do like the hickman run and if they find fun ways to sort of bring that in somehow and she goes off and makes her own team or Although gets I, involved I, with Nick Fury, which I'm sure she won't, but you know, that could I, be fun. I will say I'm already bored with, with her sitting there crying in her hands. Oh, I'm so different. Like, oh, please. Well, you do not have because, the gravitas to do that. Because here's the, well, this is the other problem. We've all been there with the damn mutants. And now that they're trying to do the same bullshit within humans, it's a little, it's, it's more just ran. her. I don't, I, she's kind of annoying being all teary eyed and whiny. Uh, I'm hoping that after the Cree exposition, which, They'd already gone through what the Inhumans were when Cal had done the whole speech with her before the break in that mm. last episode. He did the whole story, and then the Kree come in, and it's like, now it's the other side of the story, the other version of the story, where there are weapons and abominations. And Gotta kill him, gotta kill him. If they could have said fucking abomination one more time. I abomination! Was gonna... Oh, wait. That's different. It was annoying that... Uh, Simmons was so like militant, like we gotta kill him. We gotta here take this new gun. Oh, am I kill him? Oh, that's fine. Like that, I didn't believe it all. That was bullshit. I was like, she I know she's upset. I, yeah, really. I know she's upset about the loss of Trip, but I thought that was fake. I just didn't. I didn't buy that. Yeah. So. But she didn't even spend that much time with Trip. I know. I know. Right. It but was, there was there was some was sideways. Just, there okay. was some casual glances I and have, some flirty I eyes. Have two questions. Yes. Was Trip black? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. Are there just like inhumans everywhere now? Is it wild, like terragenesis? No. The no. only two were exposed. One of them is now, I guess, captured or was taken away by another potential inhuman they've introduced from before. And then Sky is still with the Shield group. The oh, the I'm Daisy. That we know of that we know. Of. Right. I'm just done because done. they have obelisks. the The whole point of this last episode was getting this this thing that the Kree was after, and it was a trunk full of obelisks that contain Terrigen crystals. There was like I think like six or seven slots yeah. and they were all empty. Yeah. And diviners they call them. We don't know what has happened yet. They think that they think that they've only had the one and that they drowned the city in Puerto Rico. So they think it's all over, which is just going to pave the way for more in humans once we get to 2019 but the beginning of the episode they show this flashback and it's this one inhuman with teleportation powers and it looks like there's this bigger kind of secret society of inhumans that have existed and they're kind of indoctrinating them one at a time like okay well this guy he his like he was in he was changed when he was young so he we can train him and teach him how to use his powers we'll take him to the danger room x-men it's totally X-Men. X-Men. I'm done. Can we move on? I'm not watching this show. And okay. It's, it's Sky's mom that was the one who was the, the mother yeah. hen, the Medusa, if you will, who was like the, the woman Xavier. in charge of. The, yeah, the Xavier. The Xavier of the group. Um, I did finish Constantine, by the way. Yeah. What'd you think? Oh my God. It got so much better. I told you. Yeah, I, I believed you. I just, I just. That's a show that actually got better. I was. I really want to really, know if sci-fi is going to keep it. I would love if they do. And they make it Hellblazer, and they go a little bit more they edgy. Got so close. Well, they it got already so went. Close. To, it already became supernatural. Well, like um, I was saying, there is like supernatural connective. isn't even supernatural anymore. Well, all right, fine. They all drop the same well with Cass. Yeah, because when the other guy with the wings and all that, I was like, oh, they got Cass. 
But then He's the end black. of the mini of the end of the episodes, it was like a little twist of like now the angel's the bad guy, yeah. which is more Constantine. That is totally. I mean, we'll go even to the movie, and that's the yeah. twist, or that's the thing. But no, I overall just very much enjoyed it, and I really hope they can do more. Yeah. Um, everything about it really got good. Uh, Gotham, uh, continues to be in a mixed bag of crazy. Yeah. I still watch it. I'm compelled to watch it, but. I know that they're going the full 22 or 23 episode season. I don't know if I'm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Caught up. I'm not caught up. Surprise. Well, the Red Hood gang actually was interesting because that's the yeah. last episode i saw it was sort of like you know the leader always has the red hood it didn't have to tie into the joker mythology just to establish though that this red hood is somehow some like status symbol and then, yeah at the end of the unlucky. episode it's become like he's a robin hood-esque thing to the to the people to the downtrodden right um there have been episodes since uh like only one or two though not yeah not many uh the Scarecrow one was awkward and kind of not my favorite. I like the Scarecrow one. It was um, a two-parter. Yeah, I just, it got a little out there. The, uh, the more, well, and Alfred's laid up, which is always unfortunate because I've actually grown to really like Alfred in the show. Even though at first I thought he was overacting too much, now it's like, oh, okay, it's not bad. Do you know who I, I didn't realize? Oh. The, the guy who shows up in that episode that stabs yes. him? I didn't realize that was the guy who played the crazy Irish guy from Braveheart. I didn't realize that. But the character is actually based on a real uh, guy who, a uh, cartoonist who did Thomas the Tank Engine. So, oh. we need to talk about Crazy Fish Mooney. Old one-eye? Uh, old, well. Oh, right. She put her eye back. She they was gave Callisto her until she like, went all, I don't know what she went. We everyone, gave you a blue eye. Everyone talked about how bad Jada Pickett Smith was in this and how I don't like Fish Mooney. But when Gotham sags, who picks up the slack? It's fucking Fish Mooney. She won't be doing it in season two, though. I know. Which is is fine. Like, we all knew that was coming. But I I really like that she is is a smart character. And she's not She's a survivor. Yes. And she's not always going to have... Cue the Beyonce. She's not always going to have a plan. No. It's not always going to go her but way. But she will improvise and she will rise to the top. She fucking dug her own eye out and stomped on it. That's some badass shit right it was, there. It was badass and batshit crazy. I was like, it's, what? That don't impress me much. Cue the Shania Twain. <laughs> oh. it, 
Never I didn't think it was all. <laughs> I didn't think it was all that. And she beat the reanimator. You can't beat the reanimator like that. Oh, poor Jeffrey Combs. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, it just um, it didn't. I didn't think it. It was fine, but I mean, Harriet Tubman slash Aunt Jemima. Just, <laughs> wait, that's racist. Wait, Pitter didn't say it. A Pitter didn't say it. A Pitter didn't say it. You know what? What's sad? What's sad is that. You're celebrating that a pitter finally didn't say something <laughs> fucking racist. <laughs> the sad part is though, I'm just saying it's that oral not in agreement when I said it though. You did, yeah. No, she look. It's, you know what? But you know what it is? Uh-huh. It's like, oh uh-huh. girl, you know I didn't do my hair. Let me wrap this up real quick so I can run to the store. Uh-huh. She hasn't had a chance to go to the to the beauty salon yet. <laughs> but she, I mean, it it was like. Harriet Tubman, Underground Railroad, into Callisto and the Morlocks, into Aunt Jemima. I don't know where we're going from here. But Aunt Jemima, just, the overseer. Oh, but it, it just, I mean, it was fine for what it was. It was one of the better parts of the episode, but. It was just crazy. I mean, although I did like, because there was only one episode after the Red Hood, it was Everyone Has a Cobble Pot. And, and that was that, a good one. That was, that was a good I one. I liked when they went and saw the old people, because that's oh. where the secret, the, the secret <laughs> files were. That was and they were like, oh, we'll be hilarious. right back. <laughs> Here we go. Well, you Any know what's funny? Time an old woman with a shotgun comes out of nowhere. I am entertained. <laughs> I, I I got to admit, there's a definite girls on HBO connection because the commissioner on Gotham and then the wife old lady are husband and wife for Lena Dunham's character on Girls. That's right. Well, he's um from Bosom Buddies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tom Hanks buddy. The not Tom Hanks. The not Tom Hanks. Exactly. Um, Je- Commissioner Loeb. Which is hilarious to me because Commissioner Loeb is named after Jeff Loeb, who's now the head of Marvel Television. And this one episode has Loeb all over the place. They got Mrs. Loeb and daughter Crazy Loeb who chews up pigeons or something. Who's going to be Oswald's little love interest probably from here on out because she likes pigeons. God, that's She likes birds. Um, so Gotham's nuts. Flash is coming back. I'm very excited. I want to put a... Are you guys watching Flash? Hell yes. I'm not watching Flash. I like Flash. What do you do? Hate television. Just filled with hate. These are comic book shows. Yeah. You know what? I just, I'm going to say something to you and I need everyone to understand where I'm coming from. All right. Just because it has a fucking like DC or Marvel sticker on it doesn't require me to watch every goddamn piece of shit that comes out of television. I don't want to watch Flash. Flash isn't my thing. I don't think it's a bad show. I watched a couple of episodes. Calm it down. Two. Calm it down. Calm it down. It's okay. It's okay. I watch things that I want to watch. Like, is anybody in here besides me watching Empire? Empire's great. What's that? Is that about the Roman Empire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The show on Fox. I know, I know. With Taraji P. Henson. Who a cookie. With cookie. cookie lions. And to be fair, Empire's probably getting better ratings than every other show we've talked about. Tell me about and it. And about to, and more than likely about to set, help set a record where, um, what is it, the Emmy for Best Actress this time around could potentially be three African American mm, actresses. That's fantastic. Um, the Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and, oh. uh, Empires. Would you like me to give you so two thirds are Shonda Rhyme shows? Yes. Wow. Carrie Washington. Yes. Viola Davis. Sure. And Taraji P. Henson. Cause let's be real. Those shows are killing it. Like, everyone's watching it. Everyone's talking about it. Like, I'm surprised they got Judd Nelson on that show. That is they've got good n- for Judd. Good for Judd. Everyone's going to be on that show. You know who's actually one of, either one of the writers or the showrunner? Here we go. Yep. 
It's uh, Jonathan from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and he that. actually did. He was he was a writer for Lee Daniels, the Butler. I yeah. think oh. he did a treatment on that. He's actually a pretty accomplished screenwriter. I had no idea. Little Jonathan, yeah. looking. Did anybody? I'm not. I have two more episodes featuring Gamer X. <laughs> so looking has two more episodes this season coming up, which it's actually not an eight episode season this year. Oh, they gave it two more, which I thought I I caught up to uh, to episode eight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, uh, this is an interesting way to end this season. There wasn't a lot of closure. And I was like, there's a lot of open-endedness for for this season. They still haven't opened the chicken window. They're getting bad Yelp reviews on their game app. Is this like the Two Broke Girls kind of thing? Maybe. <laughs> Trying to open a chicken window? Well, Dom tries to open up a restaurant every season, apparently. So apparently the end of the season will be something with that, but... Um, when I, when I did get to chat with Daniel on, on Saturday, he was saying that these next two episodes are going to be huge. Um, but it's interesting. It's actually had some ups and downs. I'm not sure if I like the Patrick and, um, God, what's, what's his name? The English one's name. Oh, well, Russell Tovey, but yeah. I don't yeah. Know Is it Kevin? Kevin. It's Kevin. They're having okay. a little fling. They are. It's. Evolved past that, and I don't. It's it's very interesting. I think that's gotten mixed for mixed reviews, and obviously Russell Tovey's comments online and in interviews have eh, gotten a lot of shit. But Tempest in a teapot. It's uh, I think this season is a little more well rounded, mm-hmm. and the fact that they brought bears in, it's always a, a fun thing. I approve, and that Scott Bakula plays a role. I double approve. Yeah, you know, he kind of went out after the first episode. Well, the first it. two episodes. I I love looking um, because everyone says, you know, looking's boring, nothing's happening, but I don't see it that way. I think it's a slice of life. Exactly. And that's what people don't understand. Exactly. They think it's going to be some, like, huge drama, and it's not. Yeah. Um, that was just, queer as folk, and that got annoying. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, I mean, it had its ups and downs. I mean, the pink posse was, you know. So. Well, the AV Club had a great article exactly talking about what you're what you're saying. Uh, the looking is the best show that nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the fact that you don't often find four gay men on a show, let alone that they're not tropes and they're not a caricature of gay life, and they're just living their life. They're just so. looking. I get it now. Yeah. Um, it makes I, sense. I will say this, that I identify a lot with Patrick in his quirks. Um, and so every episode where he makes an ass out of himself, I'm just like, I was there. I remember doing that. Please, Lord, don't let me have to go through seeing Patrick think that his best friend, Augustine, is trying to talk to his ex because I've been there before and it ain't cute. <laughs> Hashtag immoral oral. Amen. I do remember the scene where he went to the clinic and he thought he had an HIV or whatever, you know, because he had like a itch or a bump or something. He's freaking out. I was like, Okay, I've been there. Oh, okay. Full disclosure, I can tell. I I'm gonna take it a step further. Uh oh. You know what he called the nurses hotline? Yes. I've done that. <gasps> I've done that oh. because I'm neurotic as fuck, and people don't understand that. Where you're just like, so um, I have this question, and y- you know what? I'm sorry. Let me call you back. Can I call you back? Like that's. <laughs> oh. But I'm I, good. I understand what you mean. So. I do want to go back real quick to the Flash. I just have a theory I want to Can put out there. Can we please not? Just for a second. Because I had this thought today. 
they already revealed that Reverse Flash is Dr. Harrison Wells. That's been an obvious, like, reveal from mid-season. But I really do think there's a possibility that it's not, I mean, it's not going to be contemporary Harrison Wells. It's like Harrison Wells in the future. But I really see Dr. Wells now compared to the Reverse Flash and then not being even the same, like, like the direction. Like, Dr. Harrison Wells now is trying to actually stop that from happening and be different. Like, he sees what his future is going to turn into and then says, no, I don't want this to be what happens. Did you see the teaser that they put out today? No. Yeah, the last line of it is, Barry Allen, you will die. But which, which, but which Harrison Wells is it? They, it, they just show Harrison. They show him being so fast he's in two places at once. Uh huh. They show him in the reverse flash outfit. They show him all of that. Apparently, um, Iris's boyfriend is going to go a little crazy. Well, he, he's another one of those guys in the comics who's, yeah. He apparently, he, the scene shows him shooting two police officers. Whoa. And then at the end of it all, it has, um, well saying that, you know, Barry Allen, you will die. And they, well, the showrunners have talked about that too, about how even though they want to play with the idea of, you know, oh, maybe Harrison isn't such a bad guy, they said ultimately he's going to turn on the group. And when he does, it's going to be that much more impactful. Well, and that could be. I just, I just had this idea that, you know, he will become Reverse Flash. It's his destiny or whatever. But it's also one of these things where he's not there yet he's, and he may want to fight against it. He's I don't a bad guy. He's just not the bad guy. That's kind of creepy with the beard. I'm not going to lie. You know, you I'm shaving like Z- this thing. Could you be Zangief? I'm shaving this thing. Could you be Zangief? I'm just going to try. I mean, you're too thin and all that, but. Yeah, he needs to really put on a couple yeah. pounds. God. Why don't you? Damn it! <laughs> I'm too skinny. I got too much of a beard. Can we go from running to like muscle building and then you could be Zangief? Yeah. Okay. Let me get right on that. Okay. Please do. I mean, do so I have, easy. Do I have to be the pitter that gets all muscular and then you can be the one that's all Maybe skinny? Maybe Eric could do Zangief. Hmm. Maybe he has. I don't know. All right. Let's move on. So, uh, we should talk just briefly about Justified because it is wrapping up. I know it's not a show all of us watch, but it's a damn good show. It is, of, and, and it is has become the bastion for all the former lost actors. Oh my god, seriously! They got a lawnmower man in yep. this last season. Oh god, he's so crazy! I love it. Jeff Fahey, he looks so old. He looks so old. I do really love that they're kind of doing a showdown of sorts, although they haven't quite got there. Between, uh, oh man, well Raylan and Raylan uh, and Boyd and Boyd. Because that's been the whole heart of the show, is their relationship and their antagonistic yet sort of self-respect. You know, they respect each other to a point, but they don't trust each other. And it's just, it's going to come to a head. It's got freaking crazy, mustacheless uh, Sam Shepard who just looks freaky. Man, he just looks bad without his mustache. Like, General Thunderbolt Ross from the first Hulk. Yeah. And he just, he and and the guy from Big Lebowski, it was the narrator in Big Lebowski. He He needs a mustache. He needs a mustache. He must... Contra- I think contractually he should always have a mustache. They, they can't let him not. He's got a complete someone, turtle mouth. Someone I'm fa- I fanboys say look like a Dr. Seuss character, sort of like Yeah, because he's got this point to point. his mouth. Yeah. But it's a great show. It's probably another one of those shows that I'm sure, I know it's popular, but it's wrapping up and it's really well written. Uh, and I will just mention Helix. Uh, that shit got even crazier from the hand job monologue. Uh, it's on my my list on Netflix for season one. What's his name's character? Uh, Rocketeer. No, no, no. He's still doing what his he's doing. Uh, Jeff from uh, oh, Jeffrey. I, I did this last time from Wings. 
Steven Steven Weber. Weber. Thank you. Steven Weber's character, uh, who is an immortal, they did reveal that, uh, got buried alive. That's the only way you beat an immortal. Basically. But then 30 years later, one of the characters, because they're doing that multiple timelines thing, digs him up and wants to get him to help her because they're, they're, the immortals are dying. And he's like trying to just sort of, sort of deceive her, kind of lead her to the, the cliff. So maybe she, he can push her off. And he tries. He fails because this guy who's going to hang on the island just takes a, a, a what is it like a samurai sword, mm-hmm. just pops his head right off. Is that a way to kill an immortal? I guess he's dead. I don't know. Did you ever this, watch the Highlander? Yeah, well, there can be only one. But no, it's 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 was one it of done those... near sacred ground? Because I've heard it's bad if you do that. Well, I don't know. This island's fucked up, but it's great. The show is just it's still just. I haven't watched this Fridays. So I'm very excited. I want to watch it. Um. Any other TV I'm missing? Those are all. Hannibal's coming back in about two months. June, June fourth or fifth, I think. Oh, the pictures. Oh, Jillian Anderson. Oh, sorry. And I can't wait to see what Dollar Hyde looks like when they finally. Oh, uh, Mr. Armitage. Yeah, that's gonna be very exciting. Um, moving on. Uh, no real exciting video game stuff that I've encountered. I probably. I mean, Jared probably saw the. Oh the yeah, ground zero any... of that. It's not so much uh, games that are released; it's more of just like technology. Technology. So Steam Oculus. had their well, Steam had their big announcement for their that VR support. That looks amazing. The new well, wait, no, wait, what? Steam box or no? The the Steam go, uh, Valve are... going into VR. Yeah, that looked amazing. I mean, you can't you're not experiencing VR it. troopers. <laughs> oh, I love that show. <laughs> I never saw that show. Oh. Um but no, no excited. Did you try any like Oculus or VR no, or anything? Uh, a couple of my classmates did, and they said it was you know actually really engaging and interesting. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's funny because when I was in college in the '90s, VR was the hotness. Everyone was all excited about VR. I was over at the Institute of Simulation and Training and Research Park, trying like, on the glove. It always looked with, like shit, though. And it looked just like. Yeah, it looks shit. And then you have like Lawnmower Man later, and you're like, if that's what it looks like. Well, no. um, I was privy to um, something that's being developed uh, with DreamWorks, and it looked pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Is it? You have to wear something, or yeah, it's it? it's Oculus technology. Okay, but it's we have an really Oculus cool. at our work, and um, I'm I've been experimenting just little things with it, mm-hmm. and you know it'll make you sick if you have motion sickness. That's like a good gauge of how good it is. Uh, and I get a little sick looking at it and using well, it. Well, you know what it is. It's I mean, I know you know what this is. Yeah. It's like, you know, your movements are like hardwired into you, of course. And Oculus is trying to trick you. Trick you into thinking, okay, all this is here, but it can only move so fast. And like we're getting to the point where they're catching up. Yeah. Um, and so like that motion sickness will be gone. Yeah. But it's you know, if you've ever been to like Disney Quest and you do that like mm-hmm. VR thing, yeah. that's what it is. It's like that slide. Like my my head is to the right, but my eyes are still to the left. One they, they compensate with a motion blur to kind of yes. ease the transition when mm-hmm. you're moving your head. One experience that I had here in this room is with the Google Cardboard thing. Yeah. I took like a photosphere of the living room, but I took it while I was standing up. So it's like mm-hmm. up here. You know, I'm using my hand. Great radio here. But up above my head, standing up. I sat down and put the things on and used it. Nothing will make you sicker than when you are physically lower than you are visually. So you're looking around and you're like, oh, God, this is bleh. I mean, it was 
It was, it made me sick. It literally, I mean, I wasn't like vomiting, but it was, it was, it was nauseating, certainly. Once they so. get the Oculus part down, they're going to need something to get down for the movement controls. And I've seen people do like a track. The like, leap motion is something else I've played with and we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And it actually lets you track this. It's like the Kinect tracks all the skeletons in your fingers. And you can then project that as an overlay so you could model like your hand and moving around and stuff. But then like, you know, like they have like the, the treadmill underneath you and like they have a ringed area. I've seen certain people come up with that. Where yeah. You can... The science center had, you're in this giant like, uh. Oh, I did it. You did it? Yeah. You're on the, the planet Mars. The Mars thing. Yeah. Was that cool? It's cool, but it's, it's a technology that they're using that's like maybe f- seven or eight years old. As I say, it's, they're, they're usually not up and, to date. Well, and you gotta hoof it. To, yeah. to feel like you're moving at all. Yeah, so and I mean, I, uh, I'm excited about all that stuff. Well, I will ask if anybody's played the Order 1886 at all. No, no I heard okay. mixed things. I, I sold uh, my PS4. Well, I, I haven't played it either. I'm just uh, now reading a lot of the reviews online saying it's Gears of War, but set in the uh, steampunk era. That's yeah. cool, though, but I, I heard bad things, and I forgot what I heard. It it's was... the, the cover-based shooting is very kind of, it was it's Gears of War, which means it hasn't been updated or improved on. Uh, okay. It's just very basic cover-based shooting. Uh-huh. And the total runtime of the game is like six hours. Yeah. And wow. there are certain chapters, because it's broken up into chapters throughout the game, there are certain chapters that are whole, like just one gi- giant cutscene. Uh-huh. And walk from this part of the room to the next part of the room, and then there's another cutscene, and then that's the end of the chapter. See, that's no, not in this day and age. I, I don't. That's it's all. a full sixty dollar game, and then not in any day and age. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. didn't stand for that bullshit fifteen years ago. I'm not stand for this bullshit now. <laughs> I mean, I think back to games that had like Wing Commander, and they had a great cutscene. And that was like the carrot at the end of the like you know. But you, that's different. But you had all the gameplay before that and after that. So yeah, I know it's different. I did check out the new King's Quest. Oh, you the, guys the Kickstarter one? It looks cool. It does not remind me in any way, shape, or form of what King's Quest was. They improved the controls at all? Oh my god, it's totally different. It's a three D. Good. Well, actually, no, it's 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 a it's there are elements of three D, but it's a two D esque painted. So it's a two and a half D. Yes, or isometric, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, but it, it changes views too. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, it's it's very. It looks really good. I'm I'm as a you know we're Sierra Online back in the day. I mean, it it looks exciting. I'm very but uh, as, whatever as, that happens. As much as I was Sierra Online back in there in the day, I hated the keyboard typing out a sentence and hoping that you yeah, typed out the right well, thing. You no, know, when you're sort of younger, it, it was. I don't. I like the freedom because you could type whatever you want. It didn't mean it would work. But you would never know, and then you'd have something come back where you're like, oh, I can do that? Oh, that's cool. So it's like a sense of discovery. I was like a seven or eight-year-old kid, so it always boiled down to drop your pants. Well, right. Even when it was like Legion of Larry. Fuck this girl. It was kind of exciting to have that. Damn. Just because they didn't have that in the game. (laughs) Seriously, though. Kill this person. (laughs) Nothing? I stand by my sick, sick (laughs) bastard. Hey, Christian household. You're, you're, you're repressed. repressed. You're a little repressed. I mean, yeah, but you you go out and you do things, so you're not just like you to. go out and you do things. China as a seven or eight year old, and jerk off. And we went out to church. Roll around in petroleum we jelly. Call, we call that the David Carradine. <laughs> we went to church, and when we didn't go to church. We didn't go to church. <laughs> we didn't go anywhere else. Yeah. Anyway, at I'll least we weren't Catholic. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of self guilt really with Baptists. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of. Yeah. Um. So comic books. I will start this discussion with the fact that I am finally in possession of my Palace of Kara page that I got from Multiversity Guidebook. Yes. I was so 
at one point a little worried because it took a while and I didn't hear anything from the art distributor. But it finally came in. They actually overnight FedExed it. And the reason for the holdup was they wanted to send a signed copy of the Multiversity Guidebook by Paolo. Uh, signed it. And a bonus, didn't even know this was coming. They not only sent the page, but they sent the layouts sketch. Um, which was, you know, kind of a nice extra thing I didn't expect. How much did that run you? Um, oh God, mm. that much? Well, do you want to guess? Wait, wait, wait. Actual wait. retail price? Did it cost okay. as much as a nest? Yeah, more. <laughs> okay, more. okay, okay, okay. Let's let's do this really price is right style. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So we'll start with Jared. Closest without going over. Well, you know what? No, we shouldn't start with Jared because you're an artist. You know about these things. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say uh two seventy five, Bob. All right. Are Jeff? we are we doing the closest without going over? Right. One dollar, Bob. Okay, Jared. I'm gonna do oh let's do three forty five. Oral wins. It was three hundred dollars. Holy shit! Wow. <laughs> I I have spent as much as two fifty prior to get the Ramon Perez page that I what have. What else can you get for three hundred dollars? Um, three hundred um, burritos at Del Taco. <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, can you get a PS four with he- that? Heavily discounted. Yes. Okay. Really? Oh oh, I got gotcha. you. Um, an Xbox One console by itself, yeah. you can get that. See, here's the thing. I'm not even sure when I'm getting a new gaming console, because I have a decent PC and it plays just fine right now. And You could get a great graphics card for your computer if you spent $300. But I have a good graphics card. Like, like this, the art thing is kind of a dangerous hobby, to be, to be sure. The 11 o'clock comic guys, I was listening to the Jonathan Hickman interview, and they got on the topic of collecting pages and swapping pages and all the craziness that can go on. I don't think I'm going to ever be too bad, but I especially like getting pieces from younger, sort of getting established artists, and especially I, works that I really love, and I love that Multiversity Guidebook. And, and please don't think that I'm bashing how much you spent on a piece of art. I mean, I one of my best friends is an artist. Like, I support the art. Right. By telling that bitch to get back to fucking work. I'm sorry, I'm writing a book. Oh, ooh, excuse me. That's exciting. That counts. I did have an idea for another comic, though. I want to talk to my artist friend about, if you're looking. Um, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's not yet framed, but I'm sure we will frame it. And, uh, for $300, you better. Well, well, how much are you going to spend on a frame? There's actually a site online you don't have to spend too much, and they give you like museum style or quality glass, so it does, you know, doesn't. Uh, what is it? The ink? Ooh, is that fancy UV glass? Yeah, Ooh. but it's it's um and and what's funny is it really it says none fancy of this, in the word. It's none He's of this. Been like he can save those things. That's true. None of the stuff is like you know you like there's no direct UV light on any of my stuff, but just in case I don't want to. You know. I remember I heard about the iFanboy podcast, and I remember them also complaining about how at a certain point in their collection they're like you know got a lot of this stuff. Could probably stand to sell some of it. Well, and that's the other thing is this stuff does typically retain its value. Uh, sometimes it does appreciate and sometimes it depreciates. But Ramon Perez is on a roll. He's transitioning to the comics discussion. His new Hawkeye with Jeff Lemire is really strong. And what's interesting to me is Ramon Perez not only kept his painterly style from like Gods of Mars and uh, some of the other stuff he's done. That's kind of like a flashback look. But he also took his traditional like uh, pencil style and adapted it to be like AHA stuff from the previous Hawkeye. 
So I actually think that it's a great, it, it's, it's in that same spirit, but almost better than like when, uh, Warren Ellis and, uh, Declan Shalvey left, uh, Moon Knight and then, uh, Brian Wood and, uh, I don't remember who the artist is doing it now, but that transition wasn't to me as strong because mainly the, the writing, I think, just went down. But, but Lemire, who can be hit or miss, actually is doing a really fun, but yet, poignant because it ties back to child his he, childhood with barney he wrote green arrow he didn't really do much of a jump and i love jeff now Lemire. hold on though because green arrow i like too and sorrento's art i also really like but the green arrow was not a flashback sort of it, it was revealing his past through contemporary events this is more like his stuff for superboy remember when he did mm-hmm. action comics that really impressed me and that to me is a lot like the hawkeye um so you know i'm i'm very happy about that uh from from marvel uh, of course, with the Secret Wars coming and everything's gonna go crazy shit, I don't quite know what to expect. And every time they announce a new fl- throwback book like X Men '92, I'm like, oh, let's check it out, maybe. I read the next because the way it works is that um, New Avengers is coming out, and then Avengers isn't coming out till April first. Okay. Is that the um, big one with the battle? With- 43. Okay. That's issue 43. But I read, um, New Avengers, like the next issue. Uh huh. And it is sad and it is dark. Well, they're ending everything. And yet you have these factions going off and sort of planning for the end of the world and the end of reality. And they're doing their own thing. Like Cyclops has got his plans and it's all about resurrection, whatever that, you know, portends. Cause he's just got a Phoenix egg just sitting Basically. there. Um, you got, uh, the Illuminati kind of planning, like, some kind of arc where they're going to bring the culturally necessary science, the, the typical doomsday arc scenario, it seems like. Speaking of doomsday. Oh, and then you got Rabum Alal, that reveal, which I didn't see coming. I didn't, as much as Hickman's, you go back later and you go, oh, okay, you can totally see how things are moving into place mm-hmm. after the fact. Totally didn't call it be doom. Totally Neither did. did I. But it was cool. Yeah, I'm just like, God damn it, it's always doom. It's always doom. But it's cool because it also ties into some of the stuff he did with the um Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four run. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, I'm I, I I Hickman Hickman is still probably one of my favorite writers just in the way he's moving these pieces around. And that's why I will keep up with Secret Wars, because I do believe that he has something cool going on. Mm-hmm. Will I get all the times? Oh hell no! I never suggest no, people no, buy I know all you the time. Oh, I know, I know. But and they did say recently, I think Brevard or one of the guys were like, "Yeah, no, this is the kind of series. This is the series where you would want the tie-ins because you will, you will want to know what's happening to so and so, what's going on over in this part. What's you know why? Because the tie-ins are there are history, they're all childhood. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Um, it's with convergence, which I still don't understand, but yeah, we'll get to that later on. Yeah. Um. And I, we can debate the pros and cons of, like, I have all the faith in the world for Secret Wars. I have very little to none in Convergence. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just, I'm super excited. This has been great. Um, She Hulk finally finished. Yeah. That was, that, good. was that was a right, a really nice, like, arc, a two story arc yeah. run. And it, it leaves it a little open ended and sort of like, oh, a new chapter could begin. And Soul has said he's going to bring them bring her back anytime he can mm-hmm. so he's obviously not done with that spider-verse ended and that was super cool um how is spider gwen 
Spider Gwen is actually a lot of fun. It's not what I thought. See, I thought Spider Gwen was going to be left in our six one six reality, <laughs> but it's totally set in her own little whatever yeah. with what Spider Pig and some other crazy shit. Well, Spider Pig's not there, oh. um, per se, but he uh, an aspect is there. Okay, but it's us exploring that world of like, hey, Gwen Stacy finally did something worth you know of note besides dying. Yeah, well, and it's cool from what I'm hearing, and I need to pick it up probably this week. It, you know, she's in a band, so it's yeah, sort of the Mary Janes, it's, and she and Mary Jane hate each other. That is kind of a cool con- uh, concept, and I'm I'm kind of tempted to check that out. Um, Miss Marvel's still really strong. I haven't read the the female X Men book yet, but I, I know uh, Woodrow Wilson or Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> Woodrow G- Wilson. G Willow Wilson's writing it. Yeah. Uh, so I do like her stuff a lot. Um, she brings a neat voice. Uh. Yeah, the uh, Hickman or the Bendis X Men stuff's sort of wrapping up, um, in a weird sort of way because once yeah. again he's forced to do like a tie-in to like a bigger event. Yeah. And I was talking to someone today, and like uh, the biggest complaint that I'm starting to see is that like he had to do all of these things. Like Battle of the Atom was great; right. I love that event, but that was mainly just him. Uh huh. A little bit with well, well Jason Brian Aaron. Wood was there. Yeah, like, a little other bit people of this, were there. Yeah. Um, but you know, between trial of Jean Grey and Black Vortex, like even though we got huge expanses of like all new X Men arcs, his Uncanny is is even though I like Uncanny, it's still a mess. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mess. Um, I, it's a good mess. Yeah, I'm enjoying I, it, I, but I just don't know what they're doing. I was also dismayed anytime I see a cover that doesn't relate to the inside at all, and the fact that they have Cyclops fighting Havoc on that one cover. And inside, Havoc's not even in the issue, but you think, oh, maybe that's going to happen next issue. Like, I don't know. That, that kind of thing just kind of makes me, like, just do a, like an iconic pose. Don't, don't try to bother with some, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. Marvel's, uh, Fantastic Four, I've been actually enjoying the wrap up or the end, the end is forever. Uh, because they're bringing in shit from Heroes Reborn. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of, the art's not my favorite, but I, I like the way it's kind of wrapping up. It's still not Hickman's run. Hickman's run to me, that would have been a great, great way to go out. Um, mm-hmm. but he is bringing in the FF, the Future Foundation. He's bringing in all the stuff. I mean, I, I skipped through the, the most recent issue. I'm just like, I don't, what? I, it's a little I'm, messy. I'm, they I'm brought not. Sleepwalker back. Oh, did they? Yeah. Part of your 90s nostalgia. If only they had also brought Darkhawk from... Well, they did that with the arena. Yeah, then he got killed. Yeah. But, um, no, I've I've been enjoying that. Marvel's still pretty fun. I just... They have such momentum in certain titles, and then this Secret Wars thing is going to screw with it. Even if it puts things back, and we're... After Age of Apocalypse is basically over, we'll be back to where... Well, actually, actually, Age of Apocalypse, didn't they go back? No. No, what was... Oh, it was... um. The one when they went into uh, Heroes Reborn and all that, it was... Um, Heroes Reborn? Before that, it was... Onslaught? Onslaught. Yeah, it, so, it, it, so even yeah. after Age of Apocalypse goes on, and, you know, we'll, we'll be back to whatever we have, or it'll be something all new, all whatever. Uh, I just feel like they have really good momentum. DC, on the other hand, I'm actually excited about seeing the new Superman, which I, I love the t-shirt and jeans. I just, I think that's a great so, choice. So back to the... Basically. Morrison stuff? Well, but a different writer. And, and it's interesting. He, the guy, he said he's an immigrant. Uh, and he wants to explore that aspect of, of Cal and Clark's sort of, you know, mixed heritage kind of thing. And, uh, Batman in a friggin' suit of armor or whatever that is. Bat robot, who knows? It's like, I, I haven't seen it yet. He I looks like, he's got rabbit ears. He actually kind of looks like Chappie a little bit. Um, now we do have to talk about Wonder Woman's outfit. 
I personally can like, we I, just not talk about Wonder Woman anymore? Because <laughs> uh, it's really sad and depressing well, me. Yeah, because I don't like Finch. I don't like. I, I don't think I like either one. The writer or the artist, you know, the wife or the husband, and and not as people. I'm sure they're lovely, but just what's with the Azrael thingies that come out of her gauntlets? Like, really? Do you need that? Like, the pants are fine. I'm fine with the pants. I actually, we're we're talking. About, Brett White wrote an interesting thing about previous, you know, costume changes and all that, and how awful they were. And he didn't. He really didn't like the uh, Straczynski with the jacket and the pants. I thought that was fine. Yeah, it was I fine. liked it. This new thing is a little more amazonian armor especially with the little knives that come out of the gauntlets but just overall i'm like eh. i just i don't know i don't know i'm a little sad about that but i'm excited that dc is trying to inject some new life they've been trying for years but they're doing it in a very bold well i say bold really it's what marvel's been doing but they're basically allowing after convergence they're allowing stories to do their own thing unencumbered of continuity i'll believe it when i see it that's what they're saying but they've been doing this with like uh, Harley Quinn, and it's been very successful. Um, and to some lesser extent, other books. Um, it, 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 I don't <laughs> because I'm trying. I'm trying to be really. You're finding that fine line. Yes. Political. I like Amanda Connor's art. I think that they've done a fantastic job of writing a book that a lot of people like. Having said that, I'm not like Palmiotti's not my no. not my guy. I totally agree, and I am not a Harley fan. Yeah, me neither. And and how much success is that due to them, as opposed to the character? The character, which is not it's not a fair thing to, to say because you know these are people who get. Like a character that's like an intellectual sure. property that's not their own. Right. I get Work it. for hire. Yep. And I'm not like, I even remember what, you know, um, Liefeld said about Scott Snyder. That's not what I'm saying. Right. No, what I'm saying is what's worked for Harley is that you have a team that works really well together and you have a character who is so popular that I could literally slap a Harley sticker on a bag of russet potatoes <laughs> and sell that bitch. It's Deadpool five years ago. It's Deadpool still now. Really? Yeah. Did yeah. you see they announced Deadpool versus Thanos oh, in Christ. the fall? Well, now here's the thing we'll find out. So, and here's to their credit, Amanda Connor, Paul Miotti, and Justin Gray, they did an excellent Power Girl. Power Girl was a really strong, really fun series. I have only touched little base, you know, just a little bit here on the Harley Quinn stuff, but it seems that kind of same humor, that sense of irreverence, that whatever. I'm excited that they're taking a character who I really don't care about, Starfire. They're going to do the same approach, and they're going to set it in Key West. Hmm. Like, they they live in Florida. They're, I forget where they are. They're over on the West Coast or somewhere. And, like, to me, it's kind of exciting to see Ant-Man go to Miami. And to see Star, a character like Starfire go to Key West because I think that it's possible there will be some nice little Florida elements. Now, it may not be. It may just be generic city stand-in, at least in the Miami one for Ant-Man. A lot of palm trees, a couple of gators here and there, bam, Florida. But Key West is pretty unique. Yeah. And I don't think you can get away with too much that isn't going to be, this isn't going to feel like Key West. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about random crazy DC properties like Prez 
like uh, Omega Men, like all these other ones that they've announced. Do I think they're going to last? No. But kind of like when they did New 52, I applauded their freedom to try stuff. What I didn't like about New 52 is when they got totally encumbered with continuity and they seem to have this editorial agenda of making everything gritty and dark and edgy and modern, but in a way that felt not modern. With younger writers coming in who are doing stuff like Batgirl, which is doing very well and it has that more of a hipstery Batman, a Batgirl kind of thing. Like that's, I think, the right move. Yes, it's going to date that when it, like years from now, it's going to be like, oof, what did you, what was, what was up with that outfit? What was up Very with that? Very much so. But in the time, in the moment, I think it actually fits really well. They're trying to ride the zeitgeist. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that that Marvel's done over the years, of course. I mean, look back at the Bronze Age and you'll see all kinds of bell bottoms and crazy crap. And you look at the 90s and you see shoulder pads and pouches and jean jackets and nonsense. Right. But, you know, T- tying into more modern technologies, kind of like Kieran Gillen and uh, well, Kieran Gillen did in some of his stuff with Young Avengers, you know, Gambler, and some of the other technologies. Like, like I think that's fun. I think that's going to engage younger readers. Maybe if they read at all. That's the problem, though. You got to get to read now. Indie wise, um, we'll, we'll wrap this puppy up. I did enjoy the Descents, Descendants, Descender, Descender. That's another Lemire book with. Freaking gorgeous, like sci-fi, hard sci-fi art by Dustin Nguyen. Man, it's it's almost like it's a little bit of Mass Effect, but they start with one story and then it quickly something happens and they jump ahead, and so this is kind of the world after that event. So I would say if you like things like Saga or profit a little bit maybe not not as crazy i can i can see the like the big expanse of like saga and profit but it's nothing like it's not like i think it it feels in more in tone like if mass effect met ai yeah or astro boy a little bit yes yeah so so i'm i'm or, or really pluto actually more contemporary reference um, was this the book that was like the first couple of issues were kind of setting the ground rules and then like a giant flood cataclysm happened? No, no, no. What no. book am I thinking of? That was a Scott Snyder book called The Wake. The Wake. The Wake. That was excellent okay. too. Although ultimately I still don't quite know. No. It was weird. Tears. Yeah. Was, Memory was, amnesia tears. Yeah. But it was also kind of very odd. And like the odd, the ending was sort of mystically sort of weird. And anyway. Um, what is, what did Liefeld say to Snyder? What was that? I missed that. Oh, you know, like Batman. Of course, Batman's going to be one of the top sellers. You could put Batman on anything and it's sell, which isn't the case. Like right. I said, like you have to take into account like artists and writers working really well together. Well, look at Bat- Batman versus Detective Comics. I would dare say, and I don't know if you know, Batman is certainly a better performer than De- Detective Comics. Yes. And it's not just because the name's not on it. Everybody knows Detective Comics is Batman mm-hmm. who reads comics. Yeah. And it's not a knock to uh, the guys doing Detective Comics. It's just not the same caliber. It's mm-hmm. fun. It has There moments. was a time in the early 2000s, though, Detective Comics on in, in its own Yeah, universe, Detective Comics. When it was, was the just shit. the police department. Well, right. When they did, well, was that and Gotham like, Central or was that pre Gotham Central? I think that was pre Gotham Central. But it led to probably Gotham. But I mean, yeah. my point is Snyder and Capullo have a good thing going. They do a good story. I'm excited because in an interview he said recently, he was planning to finish with Endgame, which makes sense. It's called Endgame. It ties back into the Court of Owls and the Joker stuff. It all makes sense. 
as the last thing you would do on your sort of run. But he stayed, I think partly because contractual reasons, but also because they're allowing him to do something that he said he didn't think he'd ever get to do, which is this robot Batman thing. He oh. thought this would never really happen. And there are DCs like, you know what? Go for it. Now, it's not going to stick. We all know how this works. Anytime you swap out a character, it's just a matter of time until it resets. But it's the journey. It's the interesting new take. I, I, I'm very excited about that. Um, you know, I don't know what to expect. I literally, that's the one. Like the other ones I can kind of say, okay, this is going to go to this. This is going to be the end of this. I, but that's the one I'm just like, who knows? It's crazy. Um, now the convergence thing, we did kind of mention it. I look through the promote. This is the thing I worry about. Some of the titles vaguely interest me in, in concept, but then I look at who's writing it. That's the thing. That's I'm how like, they're catching you. Uh, Convergence will be read the titles that you, you love. Right. Read the old characters that you want to see. Right. Other than that, don't, don't look at anything else besides the main. It's event. like they're every year they do the fancy cover thing and they have, and I hate saying C stringers or D stringers, but they have the real journeyman writers doing the the books to fill in a gap. Almost like this is their pilot season. Well, yeah, except that this is all, it's just temporary, and then they're going to reset. The, the whole thing was originally done as, as a move, well, they're moving offices from New York to uh, to, to California, San Diego right. or whatever, and this is just a, a, fill, a filler. It's a, It's two months of filler. And I applaud them for finally acknowledging the fact that you, they summarily dismissed all this continuity. Like, there's a part of me that really appreciates that, so I probably will read it, at least parts of it, just for that. But you also got to think of it like with DC. If this, if this is truly a, a C stringer, D stringer writer kind of chance, like, all right, let's see what you can, let's see what you can do. And if they got more fresh talent for this, mm-hmm. it'd be fun. But they're not something that they're putting on there. They're putting on like Scott Lobdell. Oh, they're putting on Dan Jurgens. Not that they have ever like there's some. They have done some good stuff. You're not you're not selling it the way they sold it. And what it is is that think about your favorite runs of certain books or with certain characters. Those seminal artists and writers are back doing a two issue. That's true. Like story to tie up loose ends or tell a story they always wanted to tell that somehow brings you back to your DC. Yeah, that's true. No, that's, I'm glad you said that. And that's kind of what Marvel's doing Secret Wars by bringing things like, you know, X Men 92, ex- Extension House Agenda, of M, Iron, like, yeah. Armor Wars. Armor Wars, yeah. yeah. Which is Hulk's future, past, perfect, perfect, past, <laughs> present. Did I tell you I had the Peter David interview on, uh, Comic Book Bears? Yes, you did. It was fun. Um, and you made me think about that because we asked him about 2099. I guess he never intended to ever go back to that, ever. And Marvel said, hey, you know, we know you're doing this X-Factor thing. You know, you got this crazy future character. You know, maybe you do something with that. And when, by the way, do you want to write Spider-Man 2099? And by the way, do you want to write Secret Wars 2099? Do you want to do this 2099 stuff? He's like, oh, sure. Basically, Peter David takes any gig he can take. Like, he literally admitted yeah, no, that's fine. he will take whatever you give him and he'll do something with it, which is a great writer. You have to be creative to really make anything work yeah and his it, you know his his run on x factor kind of lost me um it started his, so strong yeah his, and it had a good you run know, it ended, for a while. i think it ended strong it just i don't think he had the time to do what he wanted 
because well, he this, also had health setbacks. He had health yeah. setbacks and, and continuity, like just other things happening. But I, I kind of enjoyed this new take on um, on a, 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 sp- a government or in this case a corporate sponsored X book team, you know, mutant team. Um, so back to Andy's real quick. There is a new Grant Morrison, The Nameless Book. Did you read that? Did you try that at all? Dream astronauts, thieving dream astronauts. I don't know what's happening. I read the first issue. I'm not going back. The second issue actually makes a lot more sense. So if you do have a chance, read the second okay. issue. It's a lot more stream. Like you, you get what's going on. It may go crazy after that, but it does follow more of a linear path. Um, and then a multiversity still. Oh, oh multiversity was great. Masterman was fantastic. I had a debate about this because I didn't love it. And I actually don't really love the Jim Lee art. And some people were telling me they think Jim Lee was actually sort of aping and doing homages to some of his 90s brethren. So there's a little bit of Liefeld. There's a little bit of Silvestri. Like he was trying to sort of do different things Mm. that reflected that. And I think with the context of that, it makes more sense to me that you'd have this very sort of weird nihilistic but not. You know, you know, what if the Nazis won yeah. kind of mentality. So I don't know. I it wasn't my favorite of the issues, but I still think the whole series overall is just it's just amazing. Uh any other books that we want to talk about real quick? No, I mean image is just pushing out things left and right. If it's an image book, pick it up. Chances are you're gonna like it. If not, wait like a year, it'll really blow up and you'll have something to sell for a hundred dollars. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I actually, Image has been uh, giving away a lot of their number ones. Um, as South by Southwest had a lot of codes that you could do mm-hmm. in Comixology, and uh, I picked up a couple that I, I kind of want to check out. But one I just can't get through is Bitch Planet. I, love, I like Bitch Planet. I love Kelly Sue. You don't like Bitch Planet? Every time I pick it up, I just, I'm like, oh. I don't know. if I think it might be the art. It might be something with that. But I'm just, I'm not. It doesn't make me want to keep reading it. I'm, I need to sit down and just force myself. Uh, it's kind of like that with Odyssey, but at least Odyssey, I kind of made it through the first issue and then I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the Odyssey, but what? So I don't know. There's some interesting image book. Image is doing some really great work overall. The Hickman stuff's really great. Dead, Dead and the Dying. We've talked about all this, but, um, and I'm looking forward to when they bring back Manhattan Projects because that that actually comes out this week. Oh, good, because I heard it's going to be a lot of fun. The Sun Beyond the Stars. Yeah, they're yeah. doing little standalone, and they're what Hickman said. In, I think one of the interviews it was the probably eleven o'clock comics was this is where he always wanted to get because now they can tell different types of genre stories with the different characters in the projects, mm-hmm. and they will bring them all back together eventually. But they can do a hard sci-fi, they can do a space opera, they can do like a survivor book. They can do crazy multiple worlds book, like with different characters, because they're often different pairs, basically. They can do a conspiracy theory book with mm. the stuff going on in Cuba. Like it's, okay. he's like really excited and, and that kind of came through. So, uh, don't forget if you would like to send us emails, we would love to hear from you. We've had a few featured recently. Uh, we hope to have more soon for, you know, anything you want to know about comics, relationship advice, drag, whatever you'd like. That is uh, pretty much any of our our names at Flame On Show. You can message us on Facebook, Flame On Show, Twitter, Flame On Podcast, Tumblr, Flame On Show. And uh, our next episode will feature a very exciting special guest. Yep. It may or may not have already been recorded. And it was. It may or may not be another episode of Dragons and New Spandex. It is. 
but we'll just wait and you just have to find out who it is when you when you see it appear in your feed uh hopefully very timely for certain things yeah uh i think that's it so uh flame bye thanks for listening to flame on a podcast made possible by powder milk biscuits the ones in the blue box a comic shop and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to Nerdy Show. Dot com. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast or Facebook on our Flame On fan page. And make sure to check out FlameOnShow.com for more nerdy queer in your ear. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.